Hello, and welcome to episode two of the CMAX podcast. I'm Brenda Lee, CMAX's marketing communication specialist, and I am here with Clarissa McCallum. Hi, everyone. I'm Clarissa McCallum. I'm marketing coordinator here at CMAX. Today, we're excited for this episode two, where we're going to be talking about methane and methane emissions. With us today, we have Dr. Mike Loheis, Vice President of Research and Innovation at CMEX. He's been with us since 2017 and has his roots in genetics as he started his career as a sire analyst at EBI. After that, he was part of the Monsanto team as Director Environmental Strategy for Agriculture for its Corporate Engagement Team. So this is a pretty exciting episode. Um, Mike has a great resume with animal genomics and breeding and also environmental concerns, and we're ready to get started. Welcome to the podcast, Mike. We're on to episode two and a topic that really is global and is in front of everyone, whether you're a producer or a consumer every day. You've really been at the heart of this project for CMEX as a researcher and a geneticist, so you're the perfect guest for us today to really tell us what all the gas is about with methane. Happy to be here, Brenda. <laughs> I guess the biggest question that we wanted to ask you is, um, what's the big deal with methane and why should Derriman even care about this index? Right, yeah, great question because uh, there are three big uh, greenhouse gases that we care about. The obvious one is CO2 that you know everyone talks about from an industrial standpoint. But when it comes to agriculture, there are two others. Uh, there's there's uh, CO, there's methane and nitrous oxide. Nitrous oxide is coming from fertilizer use, but methane largely comes uh, in an agricultural sense. It comes from enteric methane, which just means coming from the rumen, and so it's it's a, it's a byproduct of digesting feed. So in the grand scheme of things, the reason that dairy farmers should be concerned about this is because it's a byproduct of their operation and their animals, and it affects the environment. So in a sense, using this methane index is able to help them improve the environment and decrease methane. You know, I should back up and say that um, in the dairy industry, methane is important because it's it's probably the largest single contributor to greenhouse gases from from a uh, dairy industry standpoint. Uh, from a cropping standpoint, it would be nitrous oxide. From an industrial standpoint, it would be carbon dioxide. So this is right. our big one to tackle. Right, and to put that into context, um, as far as how much a dairy cow produces, how many cars on the road would that be? Well, interestingly, uh, of course, you know, cars emit CO2 and cows emit methane, but you can do a conversion between the two. And it works out interestingly that a high producing dairy cow produces the same amount of warming potential as one car driven for a year. So with methane, how much does a dairy cow produce? Yes, so the estimate we have in Canada from high producing dairy cattle, it's around 500 grams of methane per day. And you can convert that to on an annual basis, it would be roughly 180 kilograms of methane per year. And so how does she actually produce that methane, the dairy cow? Well, it's a interesting uh, symbiotic relationship between 
the microbes in a cow's rumen uh, and the cow itself, the cow wants to get uh, energy, sugar, starches from the feed, but it, you know, without the help of the microbes in the rumen, uh, she really won't be able to break down the, the roughage, the cellulose that's in that feed. So the microbes, they have a nice, warm, moist environment. It's perfect for them to break down the cellulose, releases the starch, the sugars, and then the cow can digest that later in the digestive tract. But in the process of breaking it down, there's a lot of hydrogen produced, which can be toxic to the cow. And so the cow needs a way to get rid of that excess hydrogen. So it combines it with a carbon molecule and then emits it as uh, as methane. So with this methane index trait, is it a way for us to control how much methane output a cow has genetically, or is there more to it than that? Well, there's there's a lot of um, variation uh, out there, uh, both you know from one cow to another in the herd. Uh, it, it varies, you know, around that that 500 grams, you could see it go up or down by 30% within the same herd. So there's a lot of variation. And then when you look at, um, you know, from a high production environment like we'd see in North America or Western Europe, compared to uh, developing countries, there's going to be a big difference in the quality of feed. So the methane produced per animal would be would be lower in lower producing cows. But um, yeah, there's there's going to be um, uh, differences in the amount of methane emitted per kilogram of milk. Uh, typically in the um, uh, higher producing herds, you're going to see less methane per kilogram of milk because it's just more efficient. It's the methane uh, produced is spread out over a larger number of kilograms of milk. So there's different ways that we could uh, tackle that. Uh, one is, you know, you can feed better quality feed. You easier easier to digest, less roughage. Yes, you're going to produce more milk and produce less methane coming out of that. Um, but you can also do other things. Uh, you're you're starting to hear more about feed additives that help inhibit uh, the microbes from producing. Uh, methane, so that's another way to go. Um, you have to keep adding those those feed additives, uh, but probably the simplest uh, and most cost-effective way is to breed for reduced methane. And we know that the cow and the cow's genetics has an impact on uh, the kind of microbes that exist in the rumen, and so thereby the the animal's genetics can control the genetics of the microbiome, which controls how much methane is produced. And so we can breed for a lower output methane cow, is what you're saying. How do we know that? Um, well, first of all, you can measure it, um, and it's it's not easy to do. Um, what we have done in in uh, collaboration with the University of Guelph, uh, and with Lactonet is worked on measuring the actual methane that is uh, being emitted by a cow. And we can do that with a couple of different methods. Uh, the one that was used in the research that was done here was to use a, a, a green feed machine, uh, which basically sucks the air 
uh, out of a feed trough that a, an animal is visiting. So it, it, it really measures the amount of methane that's produced by that particular cow over that period of time. And you have to do that uh, several times a day and um, and you can predict you know how much that cow actually emitted uh, for that uh, day. So this is measuring her burps essentially. That's exactly. that's what we're talking about is is the gas that comes out of her mouth. Yes, ninety five percent of the methane produced from a cow is coming up through burps from the rumen. Right. And if I'm a producer and I breed my cow to a low methane bull, what happens there? Well, you're not going to notice a whole lot as a as a farmer unless you're actually trying to measure it. Um, the way uh, we're approaching this is we're we're showing the genetic potential of an animal to reduce methane corrected for the amount of milk, fat, and protein. So you, in selecting for the trait that we're um, going to be publishing in April, uh, you're going to see the potential to reduce methane uh, with an equivalent level of production. So then how do I know she's really any different than my other cows? If I'm using one of these bulls and I have this calf and she becomes a cow, how do I know she's she's actually contributing to the big goal of lowering methane? Well, short of trying to measure methane itself, which is very expensive, it's something that you might do in experimental herd, uh, but the the easiest way for a farmer to track their progress would be to uh, take a genetic sample, a DNA sample from their herd. You can use the Elevate uh, app to do that. And uh, the genetic test is going to tell you what's the genetic potential of each cow in your herd to produce methane. And it also will tell you what the breeding value is so you know uh, future generations offspring from that particular cow, you know, what's the potential that they would have? Same thing on the bull side, right? So you can select for methane efficiency and then with the Elevate uh, uh, app, you can track your progress over time. With being able to do that with each of your animals um, on a grander scale, if everybody's doing this, what kind of impact does CMEX think that this trait can have? Well, the great thing about genetics and genetic selection is that it's uh, permanent and the uh, the value accumulates over time. Uh, so let's say you were to select uh, for bulls that are uh, that in the in the context of a of a um, relative breeding value, the average would be 100. So if you're selecting for a 105 bull uh, each generation and you keep that consistently, uh, from now to 2050, uh, you could reduce emissions in your herd by 20% just by selecting for this this uh, trait through through a breeding uh, program. So you don't have to really spend a lot of money. Um, you just need to include it in your breeding goal. And thinking about this, Mike, are there other products or indexes out there that can get to the same goal? Uh, there's several ways to get there. Um, obviously, animals that um, eat more feed are going to produce more methane. It's a, it's a linear relationship. So if a cow eats more feed, they have to break down more roughage, they're going to emit more methane. So the other way to get there is to, uh, or I should say an additional way to get there, is to select for cows that are more feed efficient. 
and um, that is a, a dual approach. Um, in, in our case, we're going to be selecting for methane efficiency in combination with feed efficiency. So together, the two will reduce the overall methane. Uh, other countries are already um, uh, promoting the use of um, selecting for feed efficiency to get there so that you get to methane reduction in an indirect way. I think the best way is to combine the two. So Mike, we have all this research and we're about to come out with this index in April at proof time, um, but where do we go from here with methane? Well, um, I think the immediate first step is to uh, take uh, methane efficiency, feed efficiency, combine them together into a single index. Uh, so in April, we'll have methane efficiency uh, published. We'll already have feed efficiency. And in April, we're also going to have a body weight maintenance uh, figure as well. So the three of those will all contribute to uh, reducing, uh, it'll actually reduce your feed costs, but it'll also reduce your methane emissions at the same time. Wow. It's a whole lot for a dairy farmer to take in. <laughs> it sure is. It sure is. <laughs> and certainly, they, just talking about genomics, that's obviously the easiest way to, to know exactly what's going on in your herd, just like other traits. And, and farmers are very good at this. Um, we've been introducing new traits. Uh, you know, every few years, there's a new trait for farmers to consider. And um, I think uh, the ones that impact the bottom line and really make sense on a particular farm, uh, they adopt those traits and they incorporate it into the breeding goal. Uh, and and in this case, uh, I think there's there's going to be uh, differences between from farm to farm and in, in how important they would view this. Um, if you're let's say um, bottling your own milk and you want to put a low methane uh, label on it, this is one way that you could reduce your your methane potential or your you can increase your methane efficiency and reduce your emissions over time. Very cool. And just to to wrap it up, we thank you for all of this. It's a lot of information. Obviously, you know, Lactinet has more information on their website. We have information on the CMEX website. We're excited to see what will happen with April proofs and to bring that out. Um, but you're a bull guy too started out as a sire analyst so one fun thing we're wanting to do is to ask all of our guests who who is your favorite bull of all time oh that's a great question when i started in this industry i was a sire analyst and uh, this was uh, after elevation this is uh, round oak rag, rag apple elevation uh, had already made his impact and there are a lot of sons of elevation out there uh, and we used some of those sons. Um, but, you know, when you look at the impact that one bull has made over time, it always comes back to elevation. Um, he did a tremendous job of bringing milk together with, uh, you know, solid uh, conformation, really great feet and legs. And um, so as a result, both through his daughters and through his sons, he continues to make a, an impact today. So it's hard to, to walk past elevation, you know, as a great, one of the greatest bulls of all time. Yeah, that's good to know. And thank you so much for coming on and speaking with us. And uh, 
obviously, if anybody has any more questions about this, then they know where to look on Lactinet and our website, and they can go from there. And if anybody has any questions for you, Mike, how do they find you? Well, um, great way is is through email, mlohice at cmex.com, or to uh, go on to our our website. And I think, is there a way we can direct questions back to? It'll go to info at cmex.com, but <laughs> if wanting to find you is, is right there. And are you on Twitter as well? I am, yes. Lohice M. Lohice M. Awesome. Thank you, Mike. If we have more questions, we'll probably bring you back. All right. Thank you. Nice talking to you. Thank you. If you like this podcast, give us a four-star review. It really helps others find the show and learn more about CMEX, our people, our programs, and our services. We'll see you next week for our proof episodes.